0: Welcome to The Secret Life of Dietitians. I'm Laura Poland.
1: And I'm Amy Keller. It seems like plant-based is everywhere from beyond meat to impossible burgers. So let's take a deeper dive in what it means to be a plant-based eater.
0: coming to you from our new little studio
1: we are lucky to have a sound studio in our local public library yeah big fan of public libraries you should support yours yep
0: this is so, brand new here so, at ours so so
1: we're hoping that the sound maybe is a little bit better and yeah. we're interested in your feedback on how you think it sounds when you're playing it on your podcast app yeah So So, let's talk about being plant-based. And I think maybe when people load up this podcast today, they might think we're going to talk about being vegetarian as vegetarians, but that's really not what we're going to talk about today.
0: And that's what drives me crazy as a dietitian is a lot of people, there's really no definition to me in my mind of plant-based, but a lot of people go immediately to vegetarian and vegan where I feel like... My whole career has been encouraging a plant-based diet.
1: Right. <laughs> I think there's a misnomer about what plant-based means, that yeah. you think it is vegetarianism or veganism. And that's maybe one version of it a plant-based is. diet. Correct. But really, how dieticians want everyone to eat or maybe we should be eating is much more based in plants and that really isn't how like that standard american diet the sad diet as you see sometimes yeah isn't really based that way as much as we would like it to be so let's talk a little bit more about that
0: yeah so in terms of the sad diet it's a very high sugar highly processed and we talked about processed foods before Mm -hmm. Um, we're not talking about cut up spinach here i'm talking about processed with a lot of sugar, salt, things mm-hmm. like that. And there's not a lot of plants in our typical American diet.
1: There's a lot more meat maybe than there needs to be. Correct. What is that statistic that I always read that, you know, people we, we take in I don't know, twice as much protein often as we need because we don't eat three ounces of meat right. at dinner. We eat six yeah. or eight. Yeah. Or you go it's... to a steak restaurant and you get a 16 ounce T-bone. Right. That's your entire day's meat plus.
0: I think when people sometimes plan meals, they're planning the meat. They don't plan the other food. Right. And so to me it gets back to, like I mentioned before, is the recommendation we have as a dietitian is to eat following my plate. Right. Where half your plate is fruits and vegetables, a quarter is whole grains. That's three quarters of your plate is plant-based. Right. And only a quarter of it is the meat right. or protein.
1: And I think that's again sometimes the, the my plate not amongst dietitians, but maybe amongst the general public can be controversial. We're all in low carb land. Yeah. It, this seems at this point where everybody thinks that you need to load up your plate that you know the plate should be three quarters pro, you know, protein or meat and only one quarter fruits and vegetables. Right. And that really just isn't necessarily a healthy pattern to be in long term. You know, it's certainly possible to do low carb in a healthy way, Mm -hmm. but that also involves more plant based versions of protein. It's not more butter and bacon, it is, you know, more nuts and and those types Mm -hmm. of things, nut butter and and things like that, that tend to be less heavy on the meat but still have a lot of protein Protein. in them. right? Right.
0: So I think there's a lot of not a consensus on what is plant based. Right. But I think in general, we're all saying the same thing. When I hear we're encouraging plant-based, that's what I want to hear. I want to hear that we're eating more plants because that's what we've been recommending for years and years and years.
1: (laughs) So when you work with patients and, you know, I've always heard, you know, you kind of can make protein as the anchor of the plate is the place to start. Like you said, people plan the meat. Uh-huh. But they don't think about other things. So right. when you're meal planning with patients, how do you get them to think about? Yes, protein should be there, but it isn't the focus.
0: Right. So I actually, for my clients, created meal plans, and that that have already been designed to be balanced. And, right. And with that in mind, where yes, there's a protein and maybe. And at some of my meal plans are vegetarian. Some of them aren't. They have a protein, and then they have the remainder of the meals that balances it out. So right. I talk about making sure if you are planning it yourself, in a way, a, a lot of what I deal with with a lot of people is the whole family. So you're dealing with not just having to feed yourself but and what you like, but thinking about the rest of the family. So I always think about when you're planning a meal... We have to think about other things on the plate, not just the meat. Right. And and especially if one person in the family isn't a fan of something that you're planning, making sure that the rest of the food on Mm -hmm. the plate is something that they like. Right. And I guess I just, I kind of always go back to my plate. I want half of your plate to be fruits and vegetables.
1: Right. You know, if you're also thinking about family meal planning, you're thinking about expense. Meat is the most expensive thing Uh, typically mm -hmm. on the plate. Exactly. And, you know, one thing that I have seen done or recommended is, you know, if you're going to be trying to extend your meat uh, to make more with it. So if you're making burgers, you can substitute, you know, half of that burger with mushrooms Mm -hmm. or black beans or those types of things to make it a more plant-based item, even though there is still animal protein in it, Uh but also cutting the cost. So if you're trying to make a, you know, a pound of meat extend over five people, right. You know, to, to cut your with. cost, right. And
0: the, the black beans is high in fiber and it actually also has more protein. So you're getting, that's a great way to extend your meat.
1: Right. <laughs> so let's talk about some of those specialty products. You know, I, I'm really on the fence because I actually enjoy the way they taste. Uh-huh. Have you tried the Impossible Burger yet? I still have it. Okay. Well, I challenge you. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I <laughs> Laura, want to, to go take, take, <laughs> have lunch next. Yes. <laughs> so I had it probably about a year ago. A restaurant uh, near where I work uh-huh. offered it as a specialty menu item. So okay. it looked delicious. They put it on their social media. I was yeah. like, oh, I want to try this. Yeah. So I ran down and bought one and brought it back to the office. And um, it, w- it really did taste very similar uh-huh. um the texture was right. I mean, you've had okay. veggie so, burgers before. Yeah,
0: I've had veggie burgers, but not the Impossible. So right. I don't... Right. So I, When they say that it tastes like meat, so I'm just envisioning what that means. Right.
1: So there's a little bit of a, a nutritional breakdown that I have on the Impossible Burger. So it's made with water, of course, soy protein concentrate, coconut oil, sunflower oil, natural flavorings, and some added vitamins and minerals. Um, but the difference it it has between this and like a traditional veggie Burger that you might buy in the grocery store mm-hmm. is it adding heme essentially soy leg hemoglobin or heme is what makes that burger taste like meat. Oh. Um I've seen videos on the Impossible Burger website where they I mean it almost has like a bloody look to it, uh-huh. Like uh-huh. meat would have. Right, right. 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 And I think that's what improves the texture.
0: Heme is iron. Right. And so heme, yeah, is gonna be red in color maybe. Right. So, so it's going to okay. give you
1: that. And it does not, mm-hmm. like I said, it has not, does not have a similar texture to what you would envision like a traditional like black bean burger that you would buy in the frozen food section. Yeah. Or even when you have had other veggie burgers that are handmade that are, you know, truly just veggie burgers, sweet uh-huh. potatoes and quinoa and those types of things. It doesn't have that texture at all. It very much similarly, I think, has a very similar texture to meat. Um, it's not exactly, but it's really close. Huh. Okay. But I okay. think there's with a <laughs> these products, there's a health halo around sure. them. Yeah. Um, the Impossible Burger touts its, I, I don't think it touts itself as healthier, but there's an impression that because it's not meat, that yeah. it's a healthier item. So Good Housekeeping, and their dietitian, who I really like, did a breakdown uh-huh. of the Impossible Burger. And I think this is a really interesting comparison. It's very similar calorically. So it's not a low calorie item. And I think if you remember in that last podcast, we talked about some people think local or organic or, you know, implies lower calories. Uh And I wonder if people think the Impossible Burger implies lower calories. Yep. It doesn't. It's very, very similar. 240 to 260. So very, very Hmm. similar calories. It actually has way less protein than meat. Mm-hmm. So again, if we're talking about, okay, I'm thinking about getting more protein, we're talking about 19 grams versus 28 grams, okay. which might make it less filling, I guess. Yeah. Now, of course, if you pile cheese on the top to get more protein, you're adding more calories. Right. I would be doing that. Right. Because I get the
0: calcium. That's and what I like. I like to do that. Right. I love cheese on my burger.
1: <laughs> right. The biggest downside um, looks like it's going to be in saturated fat and also a lot more sodium. This is something that okay. we struggle with at my job, too, because we don't serve the Impossible Burger, but we do serve ve- veggie burgers. Okay. And people are continually shocked that this is not on our cardiac diet menu are veggie right. burgers. They, they Again, the assumption is veggie burger, I should serve it to my heart patients. Right. Not but with it's that a, sodium count. Right, I'm not. It's higher <laughs> in sodium right. Because
0: it's so much more processed and probably.
1: And right. A lot saltier. Uh-huh. Um, by the time you add the bun, you know, that can be seven or 800 milligrams of sodium. Right. You know, we're talking about a cup of soup at that point in terms right. of sodium. Yeah. So it really is something that, you know, the implication of it being healthier may not hold right. true
0: back up a little bit. The saturated fat mm-hmm. is higher. Right. Okay, now, okay, let me back up a little bit cuz as a dietitian, we understand that cholesterol mostly comes from animal products. Right. And we talk about saturated fat mostly coming from animal products. Right.
1: It's, it's coconut oil. It's is the coconut is the, is is in the in contributing okay. the saturated fat. Okay. And so I really think, you know, and again, there's a lot of controversy about coconut oil. Yeah. Whether they okay. if it's less of an effect on bad cholesterol right. versus an, another particular type of animal fat. Right. I think the jury's still out on that. I think so too. So again, from a cholesterol or from a, you know, if you're trying to improve your cholesterol, I'm not sure the Impossible Burger helps you out in that regard. Hmm. It does have more dietary fiber in it, which would make sense. It has three grams but, of dietary fiber. And um, that can
0: help. Right, that can can help help. with the cholesterol.
1: Right, but it's again very. It's 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 not as high protein. It is not as high iron, which makes sense. So again, whether there's a nutritional benefit, I think it's it it remains to be seen. But again, we're looking at three hundred and seventy milligrams of sodium, which is a big concern for most people versus only eighty nine milligrams in a a burger. In a regular burger. Right. So, again, by the time you add a bun that may have two to 300 milligrams of mm-hmm. sodium, we're talking about 700 milligrams of sodium, that's before you've added cheese and pickles. Right. Which is what I would do. <laughs> and condiments. Right. Again, right. It, it does add up. Right. Yeah. Okay.
0: We're talking about doing this. I wanted to think about how often do you eat vegetarian,
1: Amy? Well, I mean, I think I went through a phase where I thought I might become one Uh, And then, and then I met, unfortunately, met my husband who is meat is (laughs) meat is is the thing. (laughs) So it was a little bit more difficult. But I really think, in many ways, that I kind of fit into that flexitarian category where I can, I prefer to have meatless meals whenever possible. Okay. You know, mm-hmm. if I'm making enchiladas, if I can leave out the chicken, go mm-hmm. for it. You know, yeah. if I can do cheese and beans, that's what my preference would be. Yeah. You know, nut butters instead of, you know, bacon and things mm-hmm. like that. It's just mm-hmm. kind of, again, it's a, more of a taste preference to me than yeah. maybe anything else. Yeah. And again, where I can make those substitutions, I like to. Uh huh. But I'm never going to be in the vegan category just because I like eggs and cheese too much, probably right. to enjoy, to be able to, to handle that. Yeah. What about you? I, I agree with that. I
0: occasionally will I, – I work in ve- vegetarian meals every week into my plan. Uh, I've never been more than maybe 30% right. vegetarian maybe. Right. But I'm what I consider – so I am like what – we've heard the term flexitarian, right? right? So I, I'm flexible. I'll eat – a lot of people eat a, a vegetarian diet, but then they eat fish – so they're pescatarian. Right. So I try to eat a variety of diet, a variety of of w- foods in terms of the protein at my meal. I find just because of my family and their preferences, although mm-hmm. we're talking about maybe doing less and less meat and getting there, but you know, I think that sometimes it's easier for me to plan to have the meat as part of my meal. And what I mean by that is I think it's harder for me to get enough protein in vegetarian meals sometimes Mm -hmm. to feel satisfied. Right. And so for me personally, and I also donate blood a lot, and I try to replace my iron, and I find it's easier to do when I have meat on my plate. Now, that being said... I do keep the meat as two to three ounce portions in a meal. I don't right. do overboard on it either. Right. So if I'm going to have meat, I don't plan for uh, six ounce pieces of chicken and things like that. Right. <laughs> Sometimes one chicken breast lasts us a meal and a half. Like I'll get <laughs> both right. of my husband and I fed and lunch for me the next day. Right.
1: So if you're looking to become more plant-based, you know, maybe that's an approach that you can take. You know, figure out, you know, where would I not miss the meat? Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. if it's a case where I could add black beans to my tortilla and eggs and salsa and make that into a breakfast burrito instead of always adding bacon or sausage or ham, Mm -hmm. maybe that's a reasonable solution for you. Mm -hmm. It's lower calorie in that situation, especially with black beans, higher fiber, maybe as, as satisfying. Yeah. Or if you had a situation where you always make a lunch meat sandwich for lunch, making peanut butter, you know, peanut butter mm-hmm. jelly. jelly yeah. is considered plant-based. I know that sounds wild, but right. that's a it plant-based is. meal. huh. So it doesn't have to be super fancy getting out your vegetarian cookbook and making eggplant lasagna. Right. We're not talking yeah. about that. Yeah. You know, but maybe looking where you could maybe not miss it. And I do think that there, you know the market shall provide. I mean, I do think that even though like pasta, of course, is plant-based as well, you know, there have been a lot of new products like the zoodles and Uh the butternut squash noodles Mm -hmm. that allow people to even eat more vegetables. Right. But again, with caution, you know, I was looking at a a label of like a cauliflower pizza crust. Not all that different in terms of carbs, calories. calories. Yeah. (laughs) Again, just because it's made from cauliflower, does it make it a healthy choice? Yeah. Cauliflower is one of those things that seems seems like it's just taken over. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I looked at cauliflowered rice that has sodium that's, you know, if it's a flavored rice, that's just off the charts. Right. You know, and that's not a good choice just because it's made from cauliflower.
0: Right. However, I have seen cauliflower in the produce section, and it's just ground-up cauliflower that you can use. And if you're making your own pizza crust, you might be able to control that a lot better and experiment a lot more with it. And I do like to experiment and try new things. And I I get bored, so I do like to do that. And I'm always looking for new ways. And I found some great vegetarian recipes that Mm -hmm. I love.
1: Right, so you know, and again, if you go out to eat, looking for different ways to eat, there's a restaurant here uh, in our in Columbus area that does a wonderful vegetable plate. And after it's my preference. They have large portions of Mm -hmm. meat and meatloaf and those types of things, but they have this really fabulous vegetable plate. Uh It's got roasted vegetables on it, which is pretty much my favorite way to fix vegetables. vegetables. (laughs) Pretty much my favorite way to make vegetables. It's got hummus. It's got some pita. Uh Again, a very satisfying amount of protein, amount of Mm -hmm. food Mm -hmm. without having, you know, an eight ounce portion of meatloaf, which is a really large portion for most people. So,
0: and I think, when people are planning vegetarian meals some mistakes I see made is going all with that cauliflower rice right. and right roast vegetables and maybe some sort of bean with that the bean is the protein and a little bit of carb but there's right. not a lot of car so it depends what you're used to eating too and right. you've when you do, if you do transition more, you want to try to keep that meal still balanced in terms of what you're used to eating. Right. So I guess what I'm trying to say is if you're used to eating a plate of pasta, <laughs> you know, that's a lot of carbohydrates. Right. So making sure that you're not going totally low carb with your vegetarian meal. Right. Because you want to have the carbs as well as a good carb protein source. Right.
1: So if you're making zoodles or something like that, you want to make sure that you are not overdoing the low carb items. So it's not satisfying or you're not getting enough energy from it. I think that's, that's a good thing, you Mm -hmm. know, you know, so again, like that's, that's what I would tell patients who want to become more plant-based eaters is to look at situations, think about, okay, where could I substitute? You know, think about where, what you
0: normally eat anyway, right? And then make a change.
1: People always do better when I think when I start with what they normally eat. Right. How about you? Absolutely. If you Absolutely. Give, it's one of the reasons I get a little weird about meal plans. I know you do them sometimes mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. maybe you yeah. know I don't. Maybe in the inpatient setting where I work. I don't have the time to customize, right. but you know, if I hand somebody a meal plan, I say, this is literally just a skeleton structure right. that I'm giving you, you know, you need to make, cause obviously if you don't like that particular fruit or vegetable that I've said, put on right. the menu here, yeah. don't eat it. Yeah. That's not the whole point, but you know, looking at what you normally eat and making those substitutions. Right. So if it's always roast beef, you know, what else could you do besides that? If you're right. eating, maybe kind of also taking stock, you know, If I'm eating red meat, let's say six times a week, Uh would there be a situation where I could cut back on that? Or, Mm -hmm. you know, like we mentioned already, extend the meat. Right. So um, there's a, I'll put it in the show notes. One of my outpatient dietitians had Pointed this out to me about mushrooms and how that can really Mm. be added to meat Uh uh, because it's got a similar texture. Is there Um, another
0: option for those of us who don't
1: like mushrooms? I think beans would be your best (laughs) option at that point. Yeah, (laughs) Um, but mushrooms seem to be a thing that can make your own versions of more plant-based burgers without having to buy the more expensive. You know, again, I see now some of these other products like Beyond Meat on the grocery store shelves now. And I wonder oh, yeah. how much people are using them. Right. I've always been right. tempted to try them. But again, you know, what is my goal? Is it a health goal? Is it an environmental right. goal? Is it, you know, what is my goal when I'm saying I want to eat more plant-based?
0: Yeah. yeah. And even my clients that come to me and want, uh, you know, they have a health goal in mind that we're working towards. To your point, I mentioned earlier that I do have meal plans that I've created, but mostly what I do is I do what you said. I give them, this is a skeleton, so I give them, this is how many servings a day of grains, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And so this is what you're ultimately trying to do by the end of the day, and then here's a meal plan, Uh, take it or leave it. And I always tell them, if you're going to incorporate one of my meal plans, it's once a week. Don't try to eat a uh, new food every day for the next five days. Right. It'll drive you crazy because you'll have to be trying new foods and pl- preparing new foods that you're not familiar with. It takes more time and right. that type of thing. You want to make small changes if right. you want to move towards a plant-based diet. Right. So let's talk a little bit about the environmental idea behind going more plant-based because I right. think that's what's driving a lot of people to do it now which is great right dietitians, we, we we've wanted to, people to do it for 20 years we need <laughs> we
1: need people to care about the planet
0: and we do need to have people care about the planet,
1: So, right I was lucky enough to hear Sharon Palmer speak she's the plant-powered yes, RD I she's her. like celebrity um, dietitian yes she yeah, she's amazing <laughs> and she was I was I got to speak hear, hear her speak at a conference uh, about a year ago called the whole grains conference mm-hmm. of course that's a very plant-based type uh-huh. of conference talking about whole grains people forget that it's more than just fruits and vegetables but whole grains exactly. fall into that plant-based yes. category yes. and whole grains can be a great source of protein for example quinoa mm-hmm. is a great source of protein yes. it's also a, it has iron in it mm-hmm. um, so there are other ways to get your protein again besides eating beans nut butters and eggs right. is to consider those whole grains that are having high in, or they are high in protein yeah um, but she made the point that you know we're on kind of an increasingly, Hot and crowded planet. Yep. And, you know, by 2050, it's estimated that we could have about 9.7 billion people on the planet. Yeah. Billion with a B.
0: Billion with a B. (laughs) And we
1: have to figure out some way to feed everybody. The more land we use for agriculture, the less effective we are probably going to be at feeding everybody.
0: Right.
1: So, for example, you know, if you have to grow the food to feed the animals.
0: Yes. I like that point.
1: You know? (laughs)
0: So you that's to, not going
1: into that food's not going into our mouth. We have to feed it to the animals, who right. then we eat. Right. So that's that sort of extra step. Her point was that sort of Western-style diet, or the, maybe mm-hmm. the standard American diet, I guess if you want to say that, mm-hmm. could increase our greenhouse gas emissions pretty significantly more uses of fertilizer with, again, kind of creating more methane, mm-hmm. again, more tractors required to run equipment. And I think, you know, you could say, well, if we're growing more fruits and vegetables or we're eating more of those types of things, aren't we doing the same thing? But at least the food that we're growing at that point, we're eating. We're yeah. not feeding to an animal yeah. that then, of course, we have to kill so we can then go ahead and, and eat that. Right. So, her suggestion was looking at just even looking at that flexitarian plan where you're eating more meatless meals, eating meat only occasionally, not necessarily every day, yep. um, could cut greenhouse gas emissions by half, mm-hmm. um, which would be huge right, for our planet. So
0: that's good news for those of us who don't necessarily want to go full vegetarian or vegan. You're saying right. even just getting to that my plate, Version of your plate right. where the portion of protein is two to right. three ounces or.
1: Right, and it could be a plant based or an animal based protein. Right, right. She brought up the point, and of course, this was at the whole grains conference. So we were talking about uh-huh. all the benefits of whole grains, but she was talking about whole grains in particular having kind of the lowest carbon footprint, mm. um, you know, because grains can grow in all sorts of climates uh, with less yeah. water and, 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 you know, maybe not as great of a soil. You know, sorghum, for example, that she brought up has kind of adapted to some pretty poor Mm -hmm. climates. Teff can thrive through a drought and even also waterlogged soil. Mm -hmm. Again, quinoa, again, is one of those things that can Mm -hmm. grow a lot of places. Yeah. So, you know, I think this is something that you can look at whole grains. You can look at fruits and vegetables and say, okay, what effect am I having on the environment? Mm-hmm. might be a positive change to make. Yeah. Again, I don't think it's necessary to become a full vegetarian right. in any way, shape, or form. But I think if you can make that change to, you know, what am I normally eating? What can I make that substitution so yeah. I can become more plant-based,
0: yeah.
1: I think is, is the goal. We
0: all want to save the
1: planet. Right.
0: Yeah. Okay, so what are some common myths or things that we get as dietitians? Plant-based diets.
1: And we've already addressed it a little bit earlier in the podcast, but I think, again, people are very concerned about meeting their protein needs. Mm -hmm. So here's the thing. We don't need that much protein. We think we do. We think we do. But you can actually calculate your own protein needs Mm -hmm. by taking your weight in kilograms. (laughs) So 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 your weight in pounds
0: divided divided by 2.2.
1: Get your pens out, everybody. (laughs) All right. So your weight in kilograms Uh and then multiply that by 0.8. Uh-huh. To 1.0. So really, you know, we don't need, if you're a 150-pound person, you don't need, you know, 60, 70 grams, if that. Right. During the day. Yep. It is not necessary to get 150 or 200 grams of protein every day.
0: And let's put that in perspective a little bit. So a glass of milk, cow's milk,
1: (laughs) or uh, soy milk milk is going to have about 7 or 8 grams of protein. Right. A chicken breast. Mm-hmm. is going to be about 7 grams per ounce. Per ounce. So, so if you eat a 3-ounce chicken breast, you are already a third of the way there Right. if you are 150 pounds.
0: And there's protein in all of the grains that we get. Right. So when we're eating a grain, uh, half a cup of grain in general is going to have at least 3 grams of
1: protein. So what do you feel about, like, high biological value proteins? I know that's something people think about is they want to make sure that they're eating, you know, a complete protein or, you right. know, those types of things. What are your feelings on that?
0: Yeah, I mean, when I went to school, we had to, we, had to, we talked about complementary proteins to make right. sure that you're getting all of the, the, the amino acids that you need. That's what's right. in proteins that our body utilizes. So... These days, we realize it's not that important. It, it, right. it, if you're eating a variety of foods, you're going to get the amino acid profile that you
1: need. Right. So, things like nuts, seeds, beans, tofu, mm-hmm. tampa, uh, soybeans are all good choices yeah. for mm-hmm. getting protein without necessarily with meat. What about supplements? I mean, if somebody's going more plant based, are they running the risk of any vitamin or mineral deficiencies?
0: So it depends how they're doing. If we're talking vegan and vegetarians, they're both being concerned with B12.
1: Right. right? In particular, vegans. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then iron can be low, but it cannot there's also ways to make sure you right might, you might need to supplement with iron
1: right if you are of course eating a high iron food already let's say you do have red meat once a week mm-hmm. or once every two weeks you're enhance that absorption by eating a food high in vitamin c yep. along with it yes that makes it happier for your body to yes. absorb that iron mm-hmm. so you know if you're thinking my my you know feeling is if you you know have like a hamburger or having some tomatoes with mm-hmm. that hamburger or having mm-hmm. a, a glass of vegetable juice yeah. or you know making sure that if you're eating a, a steak that you're having a fruit salad along with it mm-hmm. that's got strawberries and oranges and things mm-hmm. like that in. I like so, squeezing
0: a little lemon on my steak too. Right. So just bump it up a little bit more. Right. right.
1: Maximize that absorption of mm-hmm. that iron if you're concerned about that.
0: Yeah.
1: Vitamin D. I wonder how you feel about that.
0: If you're consuming dairy products that are fortified with vitamin D, right. correct, you're, you're fine. Uh and
1: a lot of the <clears throat> plant-based milks or plant-based beverages right.
0: are going to be fortified. Right. Yep. Have it fortified and added to it. Yeah. Vitamin D is, I don't know, we might need to take a deeper dive on that at some point. Mm-hmm.
1: There um, has been a lot of controversy about people, whether people should be supplementing. Yeah. You know, and there is deficiency. There's... True right. documented deficiency in many many people. Right. Because we don't spend the amount of time outside right. that we used to.
0: Yeah. So vitamin D is one of those nutrients that our bodies actually can make themselves, but only right. with exposure to sunlight.
1: Right. And of course, we're all you know, it's very important. People use sun protection if they're <laughs> right. going to be laying out at the beach. Of course. If you have
0: a family history of sun,
1: skin right. cancer. Right. Right. So how many fruits and vegetables should I actually be eating? if I'm on a plant-based diet. Because again, we don't want people to think they have to eat an entire plate of fruits and vegetables every meal.
0: Right, right. So that's, I've always said, we're aiming for a minimum of five servings of fruits and vegetables. Right. And again, we get back to what we were talking about earlier. We don't want you to make drastic changes here. So I always take a look at what somebody's eating currently. Mm -hmm. Take a look at a day, how many servings of fruits and vegetables did you have? Right. And then just try to start increasing from there. Right. The goal is a minimum of five or more, but some of the diets that are the best ones out there are aiming more for upwards of nine, 10 servings of fruits and vegetables a day.
1: Right. It's a lot. Which is a lot. That's a lot. That's but hard from
0: even me. <laughs> but if you
1: think about it, if 50% of the My Plate says it's fruits and vegetables. Right. That's half your plate at each of you three times a day, yeah. presumably. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe you eat a snack or two a day right. Right. and you base that around fruits and vegetables as well. Right, Maybe always, not as difficult.
0: I always tell my clients, always, always, always include a fruit or a vegetable at a snack. So you have a serving there right. and at least two or three at a meal. And that's going to be great. Right. You're going to meet it
1: right and i think also people think that serving sizes are plate sizes yes
0: that's so a
1: great point a half a cup of a cooked vegetable is a serving Right. So if you eat, like, you know, a cup of broccoli, of cooked broccoli, you're already two servings in. Yeah, exactly. It's not maybe as overwhelming right. as it seems. You think, oh, my right. gosh, that's so much food. Right. But and some really, of those big bananas at the store that you can't avoid. It's two or three servings. It, two or three
0: servings right, right there.
1: So it's not maybe as overwhelming as right. many people think it is. You know, you think about a big salad you'd get in a restaurant. You know, that's three or four servings Correct. of lettuce. Right. It's a cup of lettuce. Lettuce, you know, to a handful, I guess is what we say, of yeah. lettuce is a serving. Right. Yeah, it so really does easy. go much faster.
0: It does. I you and think it does. Absolutely. So many people think, okay, oh, well, that was one serving. I had right. a salad. right. <laughs> Right, That
1: is three servings, maybe more, if it's got a lot of vegetables piled on upon it. So a
0: lot of people are very happy to hear that from me.
1: (laughs) I love your idea of putting fruits and vegetables in snacks because people think about a snack, they think about a bag of chips or they think about cheese and crackers. But could you take out the crackers and put in apples Uh instead of cheese? And we were having um, tacos last night and I love queso dip. Oh my, Mm. Mm. love (laughs) queso dip. And I got the idea, I thought, I wonder if I could dip these red peppers in the queso instead of yes. chips. And it was delicious. I did Yum. not miss the chips at yeah. all because I thought I'm dipping these beautiful red peppers in there. Uh-huh. I'm getting the cheese that I was looking right. for. <laughs> Maybe, again, not the healthiest snack uh-huh. in the whole wild world. Yeah. But, again, a good way to work in a vegetable. Absolutely.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I love without that.
1: necessarily thinking about it, yeah. you know, not necessarily. So taking what, again, what I'm normally eating, I'm normally going to eat chips right. and dipping red pepper in that queso and mm-hmm. having that sort of same experience of the crunch yes, along with that, uh-huh. the, the queso dip that I was looking for. Yes. Do I have to go both feet in to get benefits if I'm going to be more plant based? Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on that?
0: I, I I do not. I think if we could make a gradual change towards this, it's, it's better. Right. I think studies tell us, too, we're more apt to keep it as a lifestyle if we are doing it gradually.
1: Right. So maybe looking online for recipes. I think maybe, again, becoming a more plant-based eater, if you enjoy cooking, might make you a more adventurous cook. Yeah. Because we think about always, you know, again, cooking a burger or cooking a chicken breast. But maybe if I'm doing something where I'm doing a bean-based casserole or something uh-huh. like that. Yeah. Makes me a better cook mm-hmm. if I have some new recipes to try. Yeah. So I don't think it's necessary to become a vegan. In fact, right. There are issues with vegans, <laughs> <laughs> nutritional issues that need to be addressed. And I would say if you are considering a vegan diet, uh-huh. that you need to talk to a dietitian. Right. Because a, a carefully planned vegan diet can be very healthy. Correct. A flying by the seat of your pants vegan diet, not so much. Right, yeah. can be very unhealthy. Right. Um, I once and, talked to a dietitian. She's like she, she's like a, a colleague of mine. She said my husband and I were you know we started we were bad vegetarians. Lots <laughs> of processed vegetarian items, uh-huh. not as many fruits and vegetables. Right,
0: you can so do that. So right. vegetarian doesn't necessarily mean
1: right. You can eat pasta all day long and be a vegetarian. Right, right. And that doesn't mean it's a healthy, balanced diet right. in any right. way, shape, or form. Yeah. Is it going to be too carb heavy? I know everybody's freaking out mm. about carbs still.
0: Yeah. Is it going to be too (laughs) carb heavy?
1: So I think you can address that because
0: it doesn't have to be. Right. It, it, it doesn't have to be for sure, but I don't think you have to worry about it being carb heavy either to the same extent, unless you're a diabetic, um, you know, I think again, if you're, I also encourage people to be mindful of them themselves and, 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 listen to their hunger cues Mm -hmm. and their satiety levels, and if you're doing that, you won't be overeating, I believe.
1: Right, well, and again, if you are dealing with type two diabetes, you know, maybe take the emphasis off the fruit. Mm -hmm. You know, you can still have a serving of fruit because you still should eat carbohydrates even if you're a type two diabetic. Exactly. But maybe take the emphasis off the fruit and put it more on the low carb vegetables. Right. Um, Maybe take the emphasis off pasta and put it on, you -hmm. know, cauliflower based products or a small serving of pasta and a large salad, those types of things. um, Instead of always having pasta, meatball, bread, everything, you know, you can make it a healthier way to go. Right. It's certainly possible to be plant based or more plant based. It actually fits really well into a diabetic diet as long as you're thinking about remembering that those foods are not free-for-alls. Right. You know, because you still still need to to count your carbs.
0: So that's a great point, too, about the kind of what we call low-calorie vegetable or non-starchy vegetables. Mm -hmm. Those are where you can get more food on your plate and not be contributing higher to your carbohydrate content of the meal. So those are everything except... Corn, potatoes, that's why they get vilified, but at the same time, it's okay to have potatoes if that's your carb source at the meal. Right. But then with it, could you also have a cup of broccoli? Right. And then you're going to control the
1: carbs a lot better. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, it's absolutely not necessary to, you know, give up those things. But thinking about, again, where can I have more low-carb vegetables? But Mm -hmm. like you said, if you're going to have potatoes and that's going to be your carb serving, instead of having corn along with it or peas along with it, maybe you say, okay, I'm going to have, like you said, broccoli or cooked carrots. Mm -hmm. And maybe, you know, then I have room still for a small dinner roll or something Uh like that in my carb count. Mm -hmm. Diabetes is kind of, I always kind of think of it sort of budgeting What's your carb right. budget? You spend right. it however you want to, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. you know if you want to spend it on things that are not as healthy, you're not going to get as much food. Right. you know. Yeah. so And
0: even if you're not diabetic but you're concerned about the carbs, I would have a conversation with a dietitian and just right. ask them what you should be looking for and how to control it better, right? If you're gonna to go towards more vegetarian.
1: And then what about fats in the plant-based eating? You know we, we can think about fat primarily coming from things like dairy and meat. Are we going to get enough fats or healthy fats if we're eating more plant-based?
0: I think, I mean, we tend to not have a problem getting the fats. (laughs) So, if I look at recipes that I enjoy as a vegetarian um, meals, uh, they tend to have cheese, which is going to have the fat. Mm -hmm. You know which is not necessarily the healthy fat. But if, like you mentioned before, roast vegetables, if you're using olive oil Mm -hmm. or something like that, which really brings out the flavor of your roast vegetables, by the way, love olive oil. That's a great way to get some more fat. And Mm -hmm. I don't think we have to be worried about it. When you're also going vegetarian, you're going to be doing some protein sources like nuts and things like Mm -hmm. that that naturally have uh, healthy fats in them as well. Right. So... We generally don't need to worry about getting enough fat. Mm -hmm. I think it's balancing, though, and getting some fat every Mm -hmm. time you eat because you do want to... It helps with you feeling fuller,
1: right? Well, and it can help with you know like absorption of different vitamins too. Sure. You know, for example, you know spinach that's cooked in a little bit of oil, kind of mm-hmm. sautéed, mm-hmm. has more of bioavailable nutrients in it than right. maybe necessarily raw spinach. Right. So sometimes, the, sometimes heating the act of heating your your mm-hmm. your you know your vegetable can bring, and especially with a little bit of fat, can help bring out mm-hmm. those fat soluble vitamins that right. we're looking for. Right. Yeah, fat soluble vitamin
0: vitamins are vitamin a d e and k right yeah and taking advantage of that you have to have some fat present right. in the meal yeah.
1: to make it work so yeah well i think we've unpacked plant-based eating a little bit more for you today if you have any questions about plant-based eating or any other topic suggestions we welcome you to write us at dish at secretliferd.com you can join us at on Twitter at TDietitians, at or you can follow us on Instagram at The Secret Life Dietitians. We look forward to seeing you next time wherever you get your podcasts.